shoulders. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship tonight. This is Wednesday night refreshing. And times of refreshing come from his presence. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your waters of refreshing and your times of blessing, Lord, here tonight. We thank you. We're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, and we shall be filled. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise, Jesus, for you are wonderful in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Are you ready to worship tonight? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails. All my days I've been held in your hand. 
this place tonight. We worship you in this place tonight. Come on, let's lift our hands. You're a great and mighty God. You're the only great and mighty God. You're 100% pure light. There is no darkness in you, Lord. You're the real deal. You are. Thank you for speaking to us. Those who have open hearts are ready to receive the incorruptible seed, which is the ever-living word of God. It's a seed that when planted will produce a harvest, an abundant harvest, a rich harvest. Oh, gather in the goodness of God that has been planted into your life. Receive all that I have for you, all that I've given to you, all that I want you to be. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. What a phenomenal team they are. And you're in the right place at the right time tonight. You didn't come by accident. You came by divine appointment. Hallelujah. And if you're watching us online, we just say welcome to you as well. Got some things that are coming up that we want you to know about. Uh, This Sunday, after our service, we're having our uh, final book club for the ladies. So you can join uh, Pastor Nadine uh, after service. And uh, then they'll meet again in September. So get in. If you haven't been, come check it out. The book club after our service right here on Sunday. And then uh, coming up on Thursday, May 11th through the 13th, we are hosting a meeting here with uh, Dr. Ben Lim from California, and uh, he has a move that he's calling Awaken the Harvest, and this is his third time in Lebanon County, and we believe that God is doing something here in Lebanon County, amen, Amen. and whatever God is doing, we're right there in the midst, and uh, so these are are his meetings, but we're just helping by hosting, giving him the uh, use of our building, but we're going to be here. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 6 p.m. So uh, that week you can come to church just about every day. Amen. That's what they did in the book of Acts. Every day. Hallelujah. And uh, we had the privilege of seeing him and uh, meeting him. And uh, he's very solid. So we're going to have a great time. Um, you know, you want to get here on time because there'll be a lot of extra people coming and, uh, we're just going to see God move. Amen. Glory to God. And uh, a lot of people got healed and delivered when he was here. I got, uh, laid out on the floor laughing. You know, anything that God does, there's always joy with it. You know that, right? We don't serve a sad God or a sour God. No, he's full of life, full of joy. He's vibrant. He's full of energy, right? Hallelujah. And we get to serve him. Uh, You can give tonight, you know, anytime during the service. Just want to remind you of something, you know, uh, Peter was a fisherman, and him and his brother, Andrew, and their partners, James and John, were sons of Zebedee, and they had this fishing business, and they would normally fish at night, and one night they were out fishing, didn't catch a fish, not one, and you know, when you work the midnight shift, and you get nothing for return, right? You're tired, you're worn out, you just just want to go to bed, well... Peter was washing his nets, and uh, Jesus came to the shore to preach a sermon. And the crowds were so intense that he got into Peter's boat. Peter gave Jesus the use of his boat, right? 
And he even told Peter, he got in the boat and he said, why don't you just push it off a little bit, you know. If, if Peter didn't want Jesus in his boat, he would have said, get out of my boat, right? But he, he, he did what Jesus said. He pushed off a little bit. So, and Jesus sat down preaching. How many know that anytime you give something to the Lord to use, he will bless you as a return? Well, when Jesus got done preaching, he told Peter, he said, why don't you cast your nets on the other side for a great catch? And Peter's like, oh, Lord, he's a preacher, not even a fisherman, right? He's a carpenter, not even a fisherman. He said, Lord, we've toiled all night and caught nothing, but, everybody say but. You know, sometimes you got to put your flesh down. That was just Peter's flesh talking. But then he said, nevertheless, at your word. Everybody say, at your word. word. He did what Jesus said to do. And in one moment, he caught more fish than he's ever caught in his life. Because both him and his partners were astonished. Because he couldn't bring in the net. He needed his partners to help, and they filled up two boats that almost sank them. That's, a, that's some fish. Yeah. And, and, I mean, Peter and all the fishermen, they were just in shock. But when you give to Jesus, when you give to his work, when you give to his kingdom, he will give you a return. Amen? That's just who he is. That's just what he does. We just serve that kind of God. Amen? So in your giving, you'll never outgive God because anything you give to God, he'll give to you more. So, Father, I thank you so much that your word is true. And we bless every giver and their gifts. And uh, we just give you thanks and praise, Father, that you offer blessing in return in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you can give anytime. There's, oh, also, tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. And it is at, at noon? At noon, if you want to just come out, if you have time, we're just going to gather for uh, 10, 15 minutes around the cross, and we're going to pray for our local region and our nation, all right? So if you want to join us at noon, I know we have Bible Adventure, but um, we can always pray, amen? So at noon tomorrow, if you have the time, come, just join us for prayer around the cross, amen? All right, we've got some hungry kids for righteousness, right? And for faith. And we're going to feed your faith tonight. So kids, have a good night at your kids' class, kids' life. Praise the Lord. Thank God for our kids and our teachers. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. And he blessed them. Amen. Are you ready to be blessed tonight? I mean, are you ready? Because you're about to hear God's word. It may cause you to be excited. Get excited. It may cause you to shout, shout. It may cause you to rejoice, rejoice. You know, God likes... People who participate. You're not just here tonight taking up space. You came here because you want to get in the game. And God's got a place for you. He's here to meet us tonight. So 
Hallelujah. You know, when we get in the presence of the Lord, we get to know his personality. And, you know, when you get close to God, I mean, he's amazing. He's wonderful. He is incredible. And the beauty of it is we can get into his presence any time, and his presence is here. And we're here tonight. We're gathered in his name. Therefore, he is here. The Bible says that. That's a fact. That's truth. Amen? And uh, the more you know about his personality, the greater you can experience his power. Oh, you didn't hear that. The more you know about his personality, the greater you can experience his power. Jesus is the healer. So if you know the healer, you get healing. He's the Savior. If you know, if you know the Savior, you get saved. Right? He's the deliverer. If you know the deliverer, you get delivered. You get who he is. And he is the great I am. He is I am whatever you need. I am whatever you want, right? Say, I want to know your power, Lord. Come on, say, I want to know your power, Lord. Isn't that what Paul prayed in the Philippians? He said, I, I want to know your, the, the power of your resurrection and your suffering. He, he, we can know it in an intimate, close way. Hallelujah. That means we can experience it. Say, God's power, God's power is, right is right here, available to me. Available to me. So tonight I want to talk about activating the power of God. Yes. Activate. activate. You know, I like that word, Activate. Hallelujah. Activate means to set in motion. You know, you can try, you can walk into Walmart, but if you try to take something without paying for it, you're going to set something in motion. (laughs) Right? You're going to set an alarm off. And you might get the attention of people that you didn't want to get the attention to. But there are things that we can do that can set things in motion, right? To activate means to create or organize like a military unit, right? A certain unit, the military calls up, they get activated, right? That means all the equipment, all the personnel, they come together and they're sent to their assignment. They've been activated. Hallelujah. To activate means to accelerate a reaction as by heat. How many know we got the Holy Ghost and fire? There's some heat in the body of Christ. We've been, we, oh, when you get immersed in fire, whoo, a fire that doesn't hurt you, but it hurts your enemy. Hallelujah. You know, a fire that, that can move a locomotive down the tracks. We got some fire. God baptizes his people in fire. To activate means to make something radioactive. Woo, the glory of God. When Moses was in the presence of God for 40 days on the mountain, he was radioactive because he came down glowing. Right? He was radioactive. The people said, Lord, Moses put a veil on the face. They couldn't handle the glory. But Moses was basking in the glory. 
He had a suntan, a S-O-N tan. So to activate, we're going to have some radioactive saints tonight. Why? We're going to put a glow on you. Mm. You know, when we first came to this church, we did our first uh, vacation Bible school, and, and we did it on animals that defy evolution. One of those was the glow worm because of the heat that it generates to make it glow. One was the giraffe. You know, the giraffe has a valve in its mouth that when it lifts its head, it stops the pressure going from its head down to its, its midsection so it wouldn't burst its heart. But yeah, that was our first VBS. I did a rap with all the animals. I don't remember the words, so I can't do it again, but maybe they're somewhere in my files. But tonight, we're going to set some things in motion in your life. You know, you, you could come into a miraculous atmosphere, but how is that miraculous atmosphere going to affect you? It's one thing to be in the atmosphere of the miraculous, but it's another thing to have the miraculous operating in you. Amen? What's the difference? Activation. Activation. Okay? To activate means to spark or to move. (laughs) It means to initiate. You know, there were some people that initiated what they wanted from God. God didn't do it. He said, your faith has done it. Right? More than half of the miracles recorded in the Gospels were by people's own faith. They activated some things. Um, it also means to crank up. Woo, we're going to crank some things up. When I was in uh, science class in sixth grade, our science teacher had one of those old-time phone cranks, right, where you had to, like that, to generate. Well, that thing is a generator when you wind it up. So he had the wires out. And we touched the wires and we touched hands and he gave it a crank and we go, you know, we felt the power go through us, right? Well, God's power is like electricity and we're just going to crank it up tonight. I didn't come to tickle your ears with enticing words of man's wisdom or eloquence, but I came with the demonstration and the display of the power of God. How many know the power of God is real? It it provides real relief to people. It provides real help to people. It's available to people. Hallelujah. Mm. Go with me to the book of uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I want us to go to verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day. So the writer is writing something that he saw because it happened on a certain day. Everybody say it happened. 
Say, if it happened then, it can happen now. You believe it? What happened in, in the Gospels can happen now. The, the works of Je- that Jesus did that were recorded can happen now. So it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. Everybody say teaching. So he was speaking the word. The word, of, the word was teaching because <laughs> Jesus was the word. He is the word. So in an atmosphere of teaching, explaining, and proclaiming the word of God, things can happen. If it happened then, it can happen now. As he was teaching, they they had some good teaching. Jesus was preaching a good sermon. That there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. All right? They came from Lebanon County, from Dauphin County, and from all all over Pennsylvania. Right? Pharisees and teachers of the law, the bigwigs. They were hearing Jesus teach because Jesus was a rabbi too. Right? And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Everybody say, the power of the Lord was present. You remember when you were in school and they used to take roll call? John Smith, here, present. Doug Pishka, present. Right? Power of God, present. If the power of God was there then, then the power of God is here now. I want to get that into you. If the power of God was there then, then the power of God is here now. Why? I'm teaching the word. Same power, same word, same power. Same Holy Ghost. So while Jesus was teaching, the power was there to heal some people. The power was there to do some work. The power was there to change some situations. But people were sitting there saying, how is that power going to help me? I know it's here, but how can I get in on it? How can I activate it? Mm. So the power of God was present. What was it present there for? To heal. Okay? Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. They recognized that there was power in this place, and the source of the power was teaching the word, and they wanted to get their friend to him. So they came in the regular entrance, but there were no seats. They came in the back way, but there were no seats. They came through the kitchen, but there was no place. The crowds were too big. This was a a house packed with people. Everybody say the place was packed. So... These men brought someone. Notice the the person they brought was paralyzed, so they had to carry him. 
How would you like to carry someone who's paralyzed? Don't know how far they had to travel. Don't know where they came from. But they were bringing him to Jesus. The end result is we got to get to Jesus. See, I got to get to Jesus. Well, if you're going to get to Jesus, how are you going to overcome the obstacle of too many people? How are you going to overcome an obstacle that there's no place for you? Well, I'm going to make a place. I'm going to make a place. See, you got to do what you got to do to activate the power. You got to think outside the box. See, a religious person would have said, oh, the seats are all full. I'm going home. But the hungry person said, oh, no, we're going to get to Jesus. Just let me think for a minute. And when, verse 19, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop. Oh, one of the guys said, God just gave me a raise. I'm going up higher. I got an idea. We're going to go up high. Right? They went, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the, into the midst before Jesus. There was no place for them, but they made a place for them. They went the extra mile. See, believers do the extra things. Non-believers would have quit and gave up and went home. But a believer, one who's hungry and thirsty for righteousness, they're going to find a way to get to Jesus. Why? Because they want to activate the power that's there. Don't know how many doctors their friend went to. Don't know how many times he was examined. Don't know if he was born this way or if he got paralyzed through a disease or sickness or an accident. Doesn't matter. So, Jesus is teaching and he sees some dust coming from the ceiling. So he looks up and he sees something. He saw faith. Verse 20. When he saw their faith. What did he see? He took men taking action to get to Jesus. He he saw men not letting obstacles stop them to get to Jesus. He saw men who didn't give excuses. They came up with solutions. He saw their faith. Say he saw their faith. Faith can be seen. Faith can be heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith can be seen. Faith can be heard. Faith is God's power animated. And the scribes, okay, so this guy gets dropped in front of Jesus, and the first thing he says is, man, your sins are forgiven. Woo! That's the greatest miracle. Having your sins forgiven? That's awesome. Think about all the mistakes you made. And Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven. 
I don't remember them. They're wiped out right now. They're wiped out. They're blotted out. Can't even see them. As far as the east is from the west, I forget that they were there. Say, my sins are forgiven. See, faith gets you forgiven. Faith gets you saved. By grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It's not of yourselves. And the scribes, verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Oh, that would have been a clue of who he was. No Pharisee ever said that you were forgiven. When I used to go to confession, I wasn't forgiven. I had to say, Hail Marys and our fathers and, you know, sometimes you got to say a lot. (laughs) And it doesn't change the situation. That is, if you're honest in the confessional. You know, when I was in high school, they changed from the closed confessional to an open confessional. Where you could be sitting right here, the priest right there, you're, you're seeing each other. In the closed confessional, you can't see. They don't know who you are unless they know your voice. But in the open confessional, they're looking right at you. That wasn't as comfortable. You, you can't lie as good in the open confessional. Look at verse 22. But Jesus perceived their thoughts. God knows what you think. He answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? You know, when you reason, you're not in faith. What was the power of God there to do? You think some of those Pharisees needed healing? But they're not going to activate the... Reasoning doesn't activate the power. Faith activates the power. Faith believes it doesn't reason. You don't even have to understand something to have faith. Amen? You just have to believe it's true. That's it. So, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say... Your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk. Same anointing, same power. The same anointing that saves you is the same anointing that heals you, is the same anointing that prospers you, is the same anointing that gives you peace, is the same anointing that, that keeps you. Amen? It's the same anointing. Say, it's the same anointing. Same power, same anointing. Right? Right? So it doesn't matter. I could say your sins are forgiven or I could say rise up and walk. Same power. It's just as easy. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. See, he did this so that they could know something about him. So that they could know something, a personal information about him. See, Eternal life is what? John 17, 3 says eternal life is knowing whom God sent, knowing God and whom God sent, Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus, the anointed one. Okay? So, that you may know 
that God has power on earth to forgive sins. Where's his power? His power is on earth, right? He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. He gives a commanding authority because the power was already there to heal. Isn't it natural that if there's power in a place to heal, that you bring someone that needs healing, they get healed. Right? Amen. And the power was there because the word was going forth. It was being taught. Okay? So, immediately. Everybody say immediately. He rose up before them. (laughs) Oh, Jesus didn't do this in secret. He didn't do this in hiding. He did it in front of them. I told you it might make you shout, so shout. He took up what he had been lying on and he departed to his own house glorifying God. Say healing is good. You know when God does something good for you, you ought to praise him. Amen? The thing that he was carried on, he carried home. The thing that carried him, he carried it. Amen? You got to quit letting things carry you and you got to start carrying them. Hallelujah. Start carrying your victory. Pick up your victory and go home. Pick up your healing and go home. This is like takeout service. Get your healing and go home. He drove by to get something and he got something greater. He got it supersized. Hallelujah. Verse 26. And they were all amazed and they glorified God. They went from reasoning. Now they're glorifying God. Boy, even God is so good, he'll make religious people shout. And the religious person will shout and go, where did that come from? Didn't know that was in there. You just needed to be in the right atmosphere to get it out of you. You've been holding your shout for too long. See, I grew up in a religious church. The only emotion I could do was this. Stand up, sit down, kneel down. Stand up, sit down, kneel down. That was it. But when I became charismatic, I got free. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid to raise my hands. I'm not afraid to raise my voice. I can run if I want to. There's no restriction on my expression. Hallelujah. I celebrate God's goodness with all of my being. Amen? We need to celebrate with all of our being. Okay? And we're filled with fear. Saying, we have seen strange things today. Hallelujah. See, faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Let me say that again. Faith sees the invisible. It's, it's, faith is the substance of things not seen. Right? It sees the invisible. How do you see it? Because God said it. I see what he said. You may not see it in the natural, but I see what he said. 
And because he said it, I'm latching on to it, and I'm going to make what he said the reality of my situation. Faith believes the incredible. Jesus did not use healing methods of the American Medical Association. He would have lost his license. I mean, spitting in the guy's eyes, that would have been it. And faith receives the impossible. What did Jesus see with these, four, with these men carrying this guy? What did he see? He saw faith. You, you notice he didn't see faith in anybody else but these guys. Because they did something different. All right? Now, oh, things that activate God's power. Number one is your obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. The proof of our love for Jesus, Jesus said it himself, is if you love me, obey my commands. Yes. So if you want to activate God's power, are you obeying him? Yes. Are you doing what he said do? Thank you. you can't make up your own rules because you're not Lord. Okay? Number two, doing God's will. These activate God's power. Doing God's will. All right? Well, I don't know what God's will is. Read the book. That's his will. His last will and testament. Right? His words are his will. Listen, if you're not doing what the book says, he's not even going to have a conversation with you. Because God does everything by the book. And he expects us. Why do you think he gave us a book? He didn't give you a book to collect dust. He gave you a book to read and to live out. Number three, things that activate God's power is taking action with what God says. Okay? The end result with these guys is we're going to get to Jesus. And I don't care what we got to do, we're going to get to Jesus. Woman with the issue of blood, she heard about healing. Don't know what she heard, but she heard that Jesus healed. She said, I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to touch him. Right? She activated power. Jesus even said, who touched me? Someone turned, one woman who was in a week, she turned the switch on. And the power, the virtue went from him into her. She activated it by her touch. Another way to activate God's power is giving. Solomon sacrificed a thousand bulls. Think about that. Think of the work it took. To get the thousand bulls, then to kill them, then to let them bleed out, then to burn them. Right? But after that, God said, ask of me. Ask of me whatever you want. And Solomon said, Lord, I need wisdom to govern your people. He said, okay, you're going to have wisdom, but I'm also going to give you what you didn't ask for, riches and honor. Why? His giving activated the power of God. God's power is not going to promote stinginess. God's power promotes generosity. Why? God so loved the world that he what? Oh. See, God demonstrated his own thing to us. Okay? And then finally, things activate God's power. Operating and functioning and flowing in love. Faith works by love. 
right? If you're having a, a, a love problem with a person, then you're probably having a love problem with God. Because people are created in his image and his likeness. We got to walk in love. Amen? So those are, okay, obedience, doing God's will, taking action with what God says, giving and operating, functioning and flowing in love. All right? So let me give you a few other things. Go with me first to John chapter 3. You have to understand how faith operates. Did you know that faith is a law? There's a law. Faith is a law, right? Because it's a force that operates in this earth. John chapter 3 and verse 31. We're going to read through 36. John chapter 3, verses 31 to 36. All right? He who comes from above is above all. The law of faith is above every other law. Did you know that in this earth there's a law of gravity, right? But then there's a law that's higher than gravity. It's called the law of lift. It allows planes to override gravity and to fly, right? Because the law of lift combined with the law of thrust and, and speed overrides gravity, right? So the law of lift is higher than gravity. So the law of faith is higher than any other law. Why? You can do the impossible with faith. So impossible means it, it can break limits. How did Jesus walk on water? You're not supposed to do that. But faith is a higher law. He did it by faith. He didn't even have boat shoes on. Okay? He, he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. Did you know that faith speaks? The law of faith speaks. The primary action of faith is, how, is the words you say. Right? Death and life is where? In the power of whose tongue? Our tongue. Not God's tongue. Our tongue. You're either speaking life or death over your situation. Okay? So the law of faith speaks. Right? The law of faith is above every law. The law of faith speaks or testifies. All right, verse 32. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. The law of faith is fed by what you see and hear. Right? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Right? He is the creator and the carry-outer of our faith. Okay? So we've got to look to him. All right, verse 33, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. The law of faith receives a true testimony. All right, say the law of faith receives a true testimony. And there's only one truth. What's the one truth in this world? The absolute truth, God's word, right? So that's the testimony that faith receives. If it goes against God's word, talk to the hand. If it agrees God's word, okay, you can talk to me. If it goes against God's word, talk to the hand. But if it agrees with God's word, okay, let's have a conversation. Right? I agree with anything the word agrees with. I disagree with anything the word disagrees with. Amen? 
Okay? All right? Uh, verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give him a spirit, the spirit of measure. Uh, law has God's seal on it. Hallelujah. The law, I mean, the law of faith has God's seal on it. You go to the grocery store, you buy a piece of beef, right? FDA stamped, right? What does that mean? It's been approved by the agency of the government that it's okay, right? If you want to believe that, that's up to you. I mean, listen, there's so many lies that take place, it's hard to know what, what's true these days, Okay? So the law of faith speaks the word of God. I am what the Bible says I am. I believe what the Bible says. That's what I believe. You can't have faith apart from the word. Okay? So the law of faith speaks the words of God. And uh, verse 35, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. The law of faith is loved by the Father. Because Jesus is the Word, right? He's the Word made flesh. So he loves the Word, so he loves faith. Without faith, we can't please God. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. And then verse 36, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. How do you activate everlasting life? Believe it! Say yes! I have, I'm going to live forever. I have everlasting life. Yes. The law of faith is activated by what you believe. Amen? Now, here are some other components that help us activate the power of God. You need the Holy Spirit. Right? He activates, operates, promotes, and releases God's power. Holy Spirit. He was there. He was just waiting for the Father to speak so he could go into action. The earth was formed, a void, nothing was there, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He's hovering. What's he hovering for? He's waiting for God to speak. He only goes into action when he hears the word spoken. But once the word is spoken, poof, poof, light be, he's turning on the lights. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, he brings the power. He sustains the power. He produces the power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He distributes the power. Through the laying on of hands or just falling on a crowd. He distributes the power. And he displays and demonstrates the power of God. What gave Mary the power to give birth to the Messiah? Holy Spirit will come upon you. He comes upon you. Like a blanket on a cold day. He comes upon you like marshmallow to a cup of hot chocolate. (laughs) So we need the Holy Spirit to operate in the power of God. That's why you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, when people are born again, they have the Holy Spirit, but then you've got to get baptized. You've got to get immersed in fire. Hallelujah. You know, it's one thing to have the Spirit in you, but then you, then you can be immersed in fire. Yes. Amen? Amen? you got to be like a piece of steel. I've been forged in fire. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, you, you can't shape steel until you put some fire to it. But when you put some fire to it, it can, you can change the shape of it. Oh, hallelujah. We can change our shape with Holy Ghost fire. The second component that helps us activate the power of God is you got to yield to God. Surrender, submit, and give way to God. See, when God moves, he doesn't force you to cooperate. He lets you decide if you want to cooperate or not. Right? When Jesus walked on water and the disciples thought he was a ghost. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Did Jesus say, Peter, get out of that boat now? No. He just said, come. He gave Peter the choice. Peter was the one who said, if it's you, bid me come. He didn't know what he was saying. Jesus said, come. Now, he didn't say, come Peter, did he? Peter wasn't the only one in the boat. Was he? But Jesus gave an open invitation to come. Anybody in that boat could have answered that invitation. But only one did. Only one activated the power by responding to the invitation. And only one got out of the boat. And only one walked on water. Even though he didn't walk the whole way, he walked on water. Just that his faith was, li- was littler than the storm. You got to have faith greater than the storm to walk the distance. Some of you start off good, but you don't finish well. It's not about how you start. You ever hear a race, boy, they started good. No, you only hear about how they finish. You got to be a strong finisher. You got to get out of the boat and you got to walk to Jesus. See, those, 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 those men carrying that lame man, they made it to Jesus. They didn't let the obstacle stop them. But Peter, he let the obstacle stop him to get to Jesus. So we need to yield to God. Surrender, submit, give way to God, his plans, his purposes, and his pursuits. If you want to dance with Jesus, you've got to let him lead. If you try to lead, you get your toes stepped on. <laughs> Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but... Christ that lives within me in the life that I live, I live by the faith in the Son of God. What's he doing? He's giving way to God. Paul said, I'm no longer going to persecute. I'm going to start planting churches. He went from persecuting Christians to planting churches. Can you imagine that? What a career change. Hallelujah. How did he get retooled? He got filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Ananias laid hands on Paul, and he went from persecuting to planting. The difference was the Holy Ghost. 
Another thing that, another component that helps us activate the power of God is you got to wait on the Lord. You sh- whoever waits on the Lord shall renew their strength. You shall mount up with wings of eagles. You shall run it. This is Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. You shall run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Running is your life. Walking is your daily living. Some of you, some people get too tired and they don't fulfill their purpose. Did you know when weariness walks in, faith walks out? Galatians says, be not weary in well-doing, but in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Say, I'm not going to faint. Say, I'm not going to fall. I'm going to finish my purpose. I'm going to finish strong. You're going you're gonna to go through that finish line like this. Woo! That just woke some of you up. But what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Is that sitting doing nothing? No, it's like a waiter at a restaurant. Waiting on the Lord means you are actively serving him. Okay, Lord, what do you want? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You're actively serving him. That's waiting on the Lord. It's not like, um, you do that, you're not going to get anything. People who sit and go home aren't going to activate anything. Another component to help us activate the power of God is you need to be anointed with fresh oil. You need an oil change. (laughs) To be anointed means to be smeared with God. I wrote this down. To be smeared with God is to operate in his power. Some of you need to be smeared with God. (laughs) Just lather you up with God. Why? The anointing destroys yokes and removes burdens. A fresh anointing displays God's grace, goodness, favor, and power. Psalm 92.10. My horn you have exalted like that of the wild ox. I'm anointed with fresh oil. Say, I'm anointed with fresh oil. Glory to God. Fresh oil is the best oil. Do you like 10-day-old bread or fresh bread? 10-day-old pizza or fresh pizza? A 10-day apple pie or a fresh-baked apple pie? Fresh oil is pure and sweet. It makes you happy, cheerful, bright, and prosperous. You can tell when someone's got some fresh oil or they need an oil change. It shows on your countenance. You need an oil change. You got a bad attitude. You need an oil change. (laughs) When you're anointed with fresh oil, you're strengthened and you're refreshed. You get divine grace. You know, when David was anointed, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came on him mightily. And he went to face Goliath, not just as a shepherd, but an anointed shepherd. He was anointed before he fought Goliath. Whoo! You know what you can do with an anointing? You can kill a giant. Hallelujah. David said, you anoint my head with oil. 
and my cup runs over. With the anointing, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. God hangs out with the anointed. Mm. Hallelujah. And then another thing that we need to help us activate the power of God, we need to be unashamed of God's message. We have to be bold in living it, proclaiming it, living it and proclaiming it. Everybody say the message. What's the message? That's the gospel. That's the good news. Paul said, I'm, in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God unto salvation to whom? To them that believe. The only difference between us and the world is what we believe. And they could, they could join in because believing is easy. But we need to be unashamed about the gospel. Don't be ashamed to put it on display. Don't be ashamed for all to see it and hear it. Oh, I'm going to pray with my food, but I'm going to pray silently. Why? Why? Maybe they need to hear you pray. We, we have to be unashamed of the message. He, Jesus said, don't put your light under a bushel. I'm just going to hide my light. I don't want anybody to see my light. I'm just going to let it shine to me and myself and I. That's not the purpose of a light. A light was meant to shine for others to see. And when we're, when we're ashamed of the gospel, we're going to hide it. Oh, I hope they don't know I'm a Christian. Well, they're going to know that you're not. Because you're acting in fear. Second Timothy one fourteen. This is powerful. Oh, I'm sorry. Second Timothy one eight. Paul said this to Timothy, his young protege. Don't be ashamed to testify about the Lord. And he said, Don't be ashamed of my chains. Why? Paul had a captive audience to preach to. Amen. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Say, I'm going to live it, and I'm going to display it. And I'm going to share it, and I'm going to say it. Hallelujah. All right? I just have two more, three more. Can you take three more? Another component that helps us activate God's power is we got to confess sincerely, pray earnestly, and stand persistently. You should not be an easy pushover of the enemy. Having done all to stand, what? Oh, you mean I've done all to stand? Now, how can you stand after done all? Because I get extra strength to stand. Where does that strength come from? It comes from God. When I'm weak, let the weak say I'm what? If you're feeling weak, don't agree with it. If you're feeling weak, say I'm strong, I'm strong. One time, when I was in New Zealand, 
we were in this open market, and I don't know, my stomach was not happy. It was very upset. And I felt like I wanted to lose my lunch. So the team, they were walking around this market. I just was kind of by myself walking around, and silently I was just saying, Lord, I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, that you sent your word and healed me. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. I did that for about 25 minutes. And guess what? After 25 minutes, whew, my stomach was good. I was feeling great, just like I slept on my pillow. No. I mean, you see us commercials everywhere. It might not be in church, you know. But you see, I had to activate it. How did I activate it? I used my mouth. I spoke the word. That's how you activate it. The power is there, but we have to activate it. You know, you can't just come into an atmosphere. The Lord rains like showers on the flowers. No, you've got to get engaged with him. And you've got to activate the power. The Bible talks about in James. It says, James 5, that Elijah was a like man like you and I are. And when he prayed earnestly, the heavens were shut up with rain. Because the earnest prayer of a righteous man avails much or it makes power readily available. There's power in your prayer that's based on the word. But you've got to release that power. Amen? When, When they put Peter in prison, the church didn't sit by and have a tea party. They had a prayer meeting. And the Bible says they were praying earnestly. They were praying fervently, right? For, for Peter that was put in prison. And their earnest, fervent prayer got God's attention. He sent an angel to the prison. He, brought, he had to wake Peter up. Get up, Peter. Whew. You know, God sends you an angelic alarm clock. And Peter got up. He had to put his sandals on. He says, follow me. The doors just open without touching him. And he got out, and as soon as he was out, the angel left. My job's done. But that was as a result of fervent, earnest prayer. Sometimes when things happen in life, you've got to put everything else on hold, and you've got to get into some prayer. That's how you activate the power. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in who? In God. To the pulling down of strongholds. And if you want to activate the power, you need to understand who you are in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to find your identity in Christ. Everybody say Christian. That means Christ-like. That means you talk like him, you think like, oh, I can't think like Christ. You have the mind of Christ, don't you? If you have the mind of Christ, you can think like Christ. The anointed one, the Messiah. Amen? Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 
Job 22:28. It says this, you will also decide and decree a thing and it will be established for you. Say, I will decide and decree a thing and it will be established for me. And he says, the light will shine upon your ways. Hallelujah. Are you a king? What do kings do? They decree things. You've got to act like a king. You've got to decree a thing. What do you want? Decree it. As long as what you want is, is in line with the word, decree it. Amen? Activate the power. How many has ever ridden on an elevator? When you stand in front of an elevator, does it open by itself? How do you get to the floor that you want to be on in an elevator? You've got to activate the power. Now, it's easy. Push a button. If you can push a button, you can activate God's power. And the elevator will open, and it will take you to where you want to go. Do you know on an elevator, if you press, if you press three, you do not go to four. It stops at three. Why? Because you activated the power. You pressed the three. That's where you're going. That's where it takes you. Isn't that, that's just how it works. Mm, that just came to me just now. And then finally, you need to be full of faith. Everybody say full. How do you get full of faith? You meditate in the word. Sometimes you just got to take a bite of the word and meditate it until it gets in you. It's got to be in you so strong that you couldn't doubt if you wanted to. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What am I doing? I'm meditating. Oh, Lord, I thank you that I I can do all things through through your anointed one who strengthens me. I thank you that I'm strengthened by the anointed one. Okay? I've just been meditating. Now a problem arises. I should smile. Why? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter what the problem is. The power in me is greater than the problem. Because I've been meditating. Now it's in me so strong. Okay, I can do it. Let's do it. Amen? Amen. Say, let's do it. That's what God's saying to us. He's saying, church, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's reach that neighbor. Let's minister to that friend. Let's bring in that outlaw or the in-law or the... No, I'm just kidding. Things that you thought you couldn't do, you can do because you can do all things. Is there something that doesn't fall into the category of all? You know the Greek definition of all? All. Isn't that deep? A-L-L. Notice you can do all through Christ. Not on your own, but through him, with him. Amen? We've got to activate some power in this place. Through our obedience, through our action, through our words, through the Holy Spirit. What do you need God's power to do for you? There's power here, because if it was there then, it's here now. And we just got to activate it. 
We just got to activate it. So why are you still sitting down? You got to activate it. You got to activate God's power. You've got to activate. I can't activate it for you. I can activate it for me, but I can't activate it for you. There's something that you got to do, something that you got to say, an action that you got to take. Amen? Hallelujah. There's power in this place. Power to heal, power to deliver, power to fill, power to lift up, power